Okay, good morning, everyone. Good Erev Shabbos. Series sponsors, we want to thank Alana Mark Rothenberg, Rachel Feiner, in memory of Alana Rachel's father, Azriel Ben Yaakov Feiner. We're also learning Lili Nishmas, uh, Moishas's father, the yard site today. Ezra, Rev Ezra, and Rev Chaim Alevi. The Winslow family, in memory of Aliza Winslow, we remember very fondly. Shalamit, Aliza Shalamit, Bas Fischl Moshe, Joy and Barry Sklar, memory of Joy's mother. Gittel Bazanvel Dove, Gladys Weinstein. She should continue to be an inspiration to the family. So I have uh, three basic ideas today, nothing too fancy. As we get to uh, Parshas Vayakel and Shkalim, you could use this next week also for Pekud Day, but uh, we'll try to deal with the repetition. But I want to uh, use, let's use the most classic Rishon. We take him, advan- we take him for granted very often as Rashi. You know, it's an amazing thing. Uh, if you actually know every Rashi and Chumash, we know a lot of things. We study, you know, the Daf, and we study other things. Imagine knowing every Rashi. If you know every Rashi, I'm looking at myself, like, really well, you know a lot of Torah. And it's also just to appreciate Rashi. People try to go through it. Now, this week's not so hard. I'm telling you, if you look through every Rashi of Yaakov Bakude, because there aren't as many Rashis as usual, because a lot of it was already said in Truma Tzava. So it's a little push for Rashi. So we're going to use Rashi today. I'm not an expert in Rashi. We spent three years once uh, in the 8.30 shear learning Rashi. What Rashi does a couple of times that I'm aware of is he, he tries to balance the playing field. You all know the famous Rashi about Aaron and Moshe. Rashi doesn't make up his own things. Most of it's based on Midrashim. So we know the famous Moshe's the greatest. Everyone's going to agree to that. But it, sometimes it says Aaron's name first, at least one time. Who Aaron for Moshe? So what does Rashi bring down? Aaron was as great as uh, Moshe. Now, Aaron wasn't as great as Moshe, but what Rashi's trying to tell you, this is the way Moshe Feinstein explained it, that each of them played their role as greatest as possible, and each of them were necessary. So there's a very similar Rashi in this week's Parsha. If I go around the room, and we're not really going to have interaction here, because a lot of people listening online, you guys could... Uh, respond in your cars, wherever you are. Who built the Mishkan? Who built the Mishkan? So almost everyone's going to say B'tzalo, and I'm going to come to him later. I spoke about B'tzalo earlier this week. But that's not really fair, because by highlighting B'tzalo, you're dismissing, you know, not the contributions that everyone gave, that we keep talking about, but you're dismissing his number two, who is mentioned, and the Torah goes out of his way to mention him, and Rashi goes out of his way to let us not forget him. And there are little Batsalos walking around today, but I don't know how many Ahliyavs there are. You know, if somebody's kid was named Ahliyav, you'd say, oh, what a modern Hebrew name. You know, it must be a modern Hebrew name. So the Pasuk says, Perik Lamed, hey, Pasuk Lamed This is like the most basic point, but it's such a powerful message. If I was given to our Torah tonight at my table, which maybe I'll say this, Lahoros Nasan Belibo, this is Perak Lamed, hey, Pasuk uh, Lamed Dalet. Who, the who over here isn't even mentioned. That's B'Tzalel. These are the people who had uh, something special in their heart, special talent, special drive, however you want to translate it. Who v'yaliyav ben achisamach l'mate dun. And it's not the only time he's mentioned. And when he's identified here, he's identified as Ahaliyav, the son of achisamach, not another, you know, B'Tzalel ben Uri ben Chor, we definitely know a lot about him. We'll come back to him as well. Lumate Dun. And it goes out of its way to tell us that he's from the Shevet of Dan. So Rashi right away is going to pick up on why do we have to know that he's the Shevet Dan? 
when it says B'tzala ben Uri ben Chor, it doesn't tell you that he's from Shevet Yehuda, I believe, right? He's from Shevet Yehuda. So what's happening? So you look at Rashi, Rashi tells us right on the spot. So first of all, you come in, you know about Ahaliyah. Let's not forget Ahaliyah. People are forgotten, you know, in every family sometimes. Maybe someone doesn't get as much attention. In every community, you don't realize. People, you know, they're the big names, the big headlights. V'aliyah, Mishavet Dan. And it's very interesting, Rashi, which is based on a medrash in Parshish Vayechi, but Min Hayirudin Shebeshvatin, that Dan, at least from a perception perspective, this is not objectivity, objectively, I don't think what it means, was considered the lowest of the, or the lower of the tribes. Why is that? So Rashi first it says, because he's one of the Shvachos. So then you have to look at all the other Shvachos, the maidservant tribes. Now, some great people came from Shevet Dan, you know, and, but very famous uh, Shofet. So what does this mean? Now, the Medrash is more expansive. Rashi very often is an editor of Midrashim. And the Medrash says, the at least reputation <coughs> amongst the tribes. You know, we always put people into different uh, stratas, different status. For some reason, this is an old issue. It's not a new issue. And Shevet Dan had the re- reputation of being the lowest. Now, what were they, the bank robbers? Right, what exactly were they doing? In fact, Rashi tells us, I mean, this is the Medrash that Rashi's based on, Uksiv l'achrona yisulatiglehem. They were in the very back. So they were the schleppers in the back row. You know, the guys who sit over there. Now, it's a total perception problem. Why were they in the back row? You know, if you're fighting a battle, I don't know anything that's going on in wars. You know, obviously the front liners. You know, that's a big honor to be in the front line. But the people in the back are, they're pretty careful. They're pretty important also, I would assume. And go look at the brachos of Yaakov, of, uh, Yaakov and Moshe when he comes to Sheva Dan. And Rashi, the, the Rashi says, I'm going to read you the rest of Rashi. The reason why in this Pasuk it says who, B'tzala, not even named. He's named other places. Is to tell you that when it came to the building of the Mishkan, they were as important. Don't believe the reputation of Shevet Dan and the people come from Shevet Dan as schleppers. They had as much as a role as everyone else. And we'll give a separate share on Shevet Dan and their important role. But this is what happens to certain people in a community that others perceive are not as important. For who And he's actually from the greatest of the Shvatim. So just, it's a difference between perception and the reality. And the amazing pasuk that he quotes here, which therefore is very inclusive of all the Shvatim, Rashi, again, based on the Medrash, is quoting from, this, the Medrash over here is quoting from Eov, Interesting pasuk. They respect not the person of princes, nor regard the rich more than the poor. The nobles are not preferred to the simpletons in Hashem's eyes. So it's just a very important when you talk about B'tzalel, just once in a while, throw a haliyah. Think about what I said in the beginning with Moshe and Aaron, that Hashem went out of his way to select two individuals from tribes that were so far apart in their standing teaches that when it comes to building the Mishkan or building any institution, that everybody is on equal standing. Again, it could be one was more talented and from a title, one had a greater title. There's a very beautiful uh, statement on this from Lubavitch Rebbe. So Lubavitch Rebbe in a Sicha that he delivered in 1958, he quotes Yerushalmi, 
and the Yerushalmi says, amazing Yerushalmi, that the number of brachas in the Amida, 18, corresponds to the number of times in the Torah portions of Ayakon Pekude. So you could use this for next week, where the Torah says, Kasher Tziva Hashem. Right, that's the big difference between Truma Tzav and Ayakon Pekude, because the Egel got in the middle. So the Beis HaLevi says that the problem was the Egel, they may have had well intentions, but it was not Kasher Tziva Hashem. So this has to be reinforced, that anything you do is not just because you think it's beautiful, I'm going to put up uh, some kind of uh, idol over here cause, and you know, dance around it a few times. That's not kasher tziva Hashem. So the Rishalmi says that the, the number of brachas in the Shemona Esrei corresponds to the 18 times it says kasher tziva Hashem. Now you could go home tonight and count between Vayakha and Pekude. It could be another a game you play. How many times? The problem was Lubavitch Rebbe knew this. He probably didn't have to count. And uh, Yerushalmi knew it as well, that the careful count yields 19 times. So it's a good kasha, right? So you want to say 19 because of Alam al that's not the answer that it gives. That would be a good uh, answer. The Rebbe says no, because the first time that it says kasher tziva Hashem is before we meet a haliyav. So before you meet a haliyav, the Mishkan didn't really get started. That's the, he's reinforcing this point. And you can imagine come from the Lubavitch Rebbe, where he's trying to create an equal playing field. You know, he spoke to every Jew the same way, which is incredible. So again, the human perceptions, but in God's eyes, everyone's the same. And it's a very important message for all of us, for rabbis, for uh, whatever business you're in, to treat all your clients hopefully the same. You don't always look at the portfolio. You look at them as human beings. Okay, a second point. Dennis, I mean, you like everything, but I think you're going to like it especially. The, uh, if anybody's been involved in uh, fundraising professionally and uh, for sure wise So this is a, just a basic insight from my father's Rebbe Rapam in uh, a message. You know, everybody asks the question, maybe this year it's easier because we divide. But in most years we have together and it's, it gets a little bit tedious. You know, it gets a little bit tedious. Now, listen, I'm not talking about for me to get tedious. It gets tedious for maybe the Balkare, maybe for people who want to leave, you know, or it's long. And we, we heard this already. So you give very fancy interpretations. Obviously, the answer is usually going to have to do something with what happens in the middle, right? We need Vayaka Bakude as somehow a fix for something that happened in the middle, which was the ego. So that's going to be a typical answer, which is a beautiful answer. That's the way Rishonim go, and Akronim go, and commentaries go. But Rav uh, Palm said something very, uh, even more basic, even if you didn't have the Yegel. The Mishkan symbolizes the, the construction of Hashem's residence, which obviously was all in plan in Trumot Tzitzavah. But, you know, a lot of plans remain in the abstract. Good plans, they remain in the abstract, and they're unfinished. Now, they could be unfinished for different reasons. Let's say, you know, you're in uh, Eretz Yisrael and you have a beautiful plan and then the government changes the rule. Well, let's say you're in Europe and you're rebuilding, you know, Stalin in the Ukraine and then you have to flee to, uh, what's that country called? Moldova or something? Right, Moldova, which is not the most stable place in the world. So you could have a lot of plans, but uh, things happen in the middle. But what happens here in Truma Tzitzave? It's not just a question of an abstract idea or a plan, but it actually is completed. And just for it being completed, we get, adult, we get it repeated over, over again. 
So that's the Rav Palm's idea. Like, just let's not stop, let's appreciate. There was Truma Tetzave. That was all the plan. That was in theory. You know, you have the building plans. You have to pay a certain amount of money. And then sometimes you realize, is it really worth it? You know, I have much more important things to do. Well, there was nothing more important for us And what I just want to add to this is, you know, it's not always linear. They did have the interruption of the ego in the middle, but still they got back to the plan. If you just follow it straight, and that's what Rapam says. Rapam makes very basic points. It's a very basic point that we're celebrating the completion of a plan. Good plan. A good plan that's actually completed. And we should try to do that as well. The uh, last thing I want to leave you, leave you with a little Hasidic Torah. I found the Sefer called the Beis Yaakov. It was not w- written by women, but uh, could have been. But it's a beautiful Sefer. You know, and I looked, I saw this quoted somewhere. Unfortunately, I don't remember where I saw it quoted because I should say that. And then I looked up a Hebrew book. There's like 50 Svar named Beis Yaakov. If you have the name Yaakov, it's a pretty good book. So anybody has Yaakov, don't call it Beis Yaakov. Call it Emesli Yaakov because I only found five Emesli Yaakov. So this was written by a Rav in the early 19th century. Yaakov Aaron uh, Yanofsky. And uh, to, to give you the long history of it, he gave Divrei Torah here from many of the great uh, Hasidim that came from Peshischa, right? Peshischa is one of the important uh, branches of Hasidus that generated uh, Kutsk, generated Amshinov, these are Hasidus that are very important, Alexander Hasidim, the Vorka Hasidim, what I'm gonna to say today probably comes from Vorka, Sakhachev, I mean, these are big names. Ishbitsa, uh, these are not Ukrainians, I mean, even though the border moved a lot, but generally uh, Polish Hasidim. So, Here's a basic message, you know, why do we need to know about B'tzalel? It's the same question I asked before when it, when it came to um, Aliyah, after member's name. B'tzalel ben Uri ben Chor. What do we have to know about Chor? So it's hard to figure this out if you match up the dates and the ages. So I'm not going to deal with that. But we know the story according to the Medrash. Chor was assassinated. Chor helps explain Aaron's actions because Chor tried to stop the Akedah stopped the Chas uh, the Egel, and they stabbed him to death. And that's why Aaron had to go into a different mode, not just to save his skin, but to make sure there weren't more and more murderers, and to make sure that there could be some type of leadership left. I know I have to stop, but I'm going to go on anyway. I have a couple minutes in my head. So it looks like Chor was a total failure. You, know, you could be most in Efesh, and you could have total failure. So the, what they, they come along, I think it's pretty basic shot in the Medrash. I have my own shot. But what the Beis Yaakov brings down from earlier Hasidic thought is that Mesiras Nefesh always pays. Now you may not see the, the, the feedback. It's a very beautiful Hasidic idea. You may not see, now you, you put an effort for something and maybe you dive in for something and you don't see the feedback right away. But you know what? You may see it in generations later. And that person has to know that his accomplishments or her accomplishments are not just based on what they've accomplished, but who knows what happened a couple of generations before. So we think Chor was a failure because he wasn't able to stop them. He ends up having his a grandson who's the fix for the Chet of earlier generations. I told this over to one of my friends. So they told me a story about Rechaim Kanievsky. It's a beautiful story that uh, someone said to Rechaim Kanievsky, you know, I'm an Amaretz. How did I have such a kid to Tamar Chacham like this? You know, it's an interesting, self-deprecating guy. And the Rukhan Kanievsky, you know, the guy probably thought he'd say, you know, it must be because of you. But the guy said, it's not because of me. 
He said there must have been a, a mother or a grandmother who was davening for uh, children and grandchildren to reach Hamid Chachamim. So the concept is, is we don't just look at things that are happening in this door, we work for the future.